Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 is where we will get started. It's awesome to see you on this first Sunday of March 2021. The year is already flying by, and I'm thankful that God is on his throne. Amen. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and he took some of every clean animal, some of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Amen. I'm thankful for the word of God. You may be seated. I think today we've got about 42 uh, students and leaders getting ready to leave out to go to Ocala National Forest. Um, our middle school students are headed down there to work and serve on a missions trip all week. So please make sure to keep them in prayer. It's going to be an incredible uh, week of ministry. This is the only missions trip that we were able to do last year, and it's the first missions trip in a year. And so let's pray for the students, but then also pray for the leaders of those 42 students, amen? If you want to volunteer, see us. We got plenty of, plenty of spaces. Today we start a new series on the promises of God, God's covenant for all mankind. How many of you are thankful that God makes promises to us? Okay, that's about five of you. How many of you are thankful that God makes promises to us, even, even in spite of us? Right, even in spite of us, when God looks at our history and our past as individuals, but then corporately as mankind, and he is still willing to cut covenant with us, that is absolutely incredible. I'm thankful to know that God's not angry at me. God is not mad at me, but he is madly in love with me. Amen? In scripture, we see God make covenant after covenant with mankind and promises to mankind and all of creation. And the first explicit covenant in scripture was with Noah. He told Noah that he would never flood the earth again. And even though the intention of man is evil from his youth. I love this view of God because so many people have this view of God that God is angry at mankind and all we see is the justice of God almighty God and God is just don't get me wrong but God is also gracious amen how many of you are thankful that God has been gracious to you that when you could have easily received his wrath he chose grace upon our life the unmerited favor that his desire is not destruction but redemption I'm gonna say that again. God's desire for mankind was not the destruction of mankind, but the redemption of mankind because he is the God of in spite of that, in spite of man's wickedness, he said he would never flood the earth again. In spite of my sin, he would offer me forgiveness. In spite of my rebellion, he would be a God who would be willing to bring me back home into the newness of him. In spite of my shame, in spite of my faithlessness, he would still be 
faithful in spite of my broken past, he would still be willing to give me a bright future that he is the God of in spite of. How many of you are thankful that we serve a God of in spite of? He understands mankind's bent towards sin. And in spite of our frailty and our faultiness, he chooses never to curse the ground again. See, when God cut covenant with man, he didn't base it on certain terms and conditions of the performance of man. How many know we would be in trouble if it was based on our performance? If it was based on us living up to a certain standard, we would be in trouble. But he based covenant not on man, but on him Self. If it was based on us, it would never last. Thank God he don't base it on us. Thank God that every promise is based on himself. Hebrews 6, 13, they have it on the screen. It says, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. Think of that. God didn't have anything greater to swear by. When people swear, they make a promise or an oath. They swear by something that is much greater. And they said there was nothing greater. So he swore by himself. Verse 16 says, for people swear by something greater than themselves. And in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly, to the heirs, meaning he wanted you to be even more convinced that if his word wasn't good enough, he said, I'm gonna take it to another level to convince you even more to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose. He guarantees it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things, it is impossible for God to lie. As we just sang, when God makes covenant with mankind, it is final. And he spoke it, and by speaking it, he therefore, he guaranteed it. As Psalms 119.89 says, his word is forever settled in the heavens. Meaning the case is closed because it is impossible for him to lie. And if God speaking it was not an oath, he went to a second step. Or, or if God speaking it was not enough, he went a second step and made an oath. That he guaranteed it upon himself. Basically, God is asserting the reliability of the promise that he is making. See, in our society, we have contracts to keep people from getting burnt. And contracts are based on people not living up to their end of the deal. We've all known people who haven't lived up to their end of the deal, right? That when people, they, some of them, they make a, a promise, it, it doesn't hold water. But our God, on the other hand, when he speaks something, when he decrees something, when he covenants something, it is final. We can take it to the bank. Psalms 138.2 says he will honor or, or, or magnify his word even above his name. Why is this? Why is this that God would honor his word above his name? How people live up to their word determines our view of them. For people who don't keep their word, we don't think much of them. We value what they say and who they are a lot less. Not the God of the universe. When he speaks something, he guarantees it. 
He says that his glory he will give to no other. His name will be magnified. His name will be greatly praised amongst all of creation. So when God speaks something, when his word goes forth, it will accomplish its purpose. It will not return void because great is his name and greatly to be praised. God did not make a contract with mankind. He made a commitment. He made a covenant, which is why all the promises of God, they find their yes in Christ Jesus. Church, this is something to get excited about that when God promises us something it is guaranteed some of you are excited this morning I'm excited I get excited about the promises of God this is the God that we serve and from the outset of creation he has gone to incredible lengths to assure us of his love for mankind I want to take you back to the very beginning of time to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Darkness was surrounding and we all find ourselves from time to time like the earth at the beginning of time without form and void, shattered by the fall clouded by a veil of darkness. And sometimes we could all agree it's much darker than others within our lives. See, when we were born into this world, we were bent towards sin and brokenness and we have all firsthand experienced the result of the fall within our lives, living apart from the blessing of God, living under a sea of wickedness and we were by nature children of wrath. The scripture says that we are hostiles toward God and we can see, we can look at the world around us and we know that today something has gone terribly wrong. But God is still good and loving, amen? In spite of all of these things, God is still good and loving. In the beginning, God, he created everything. Notice that this is not the beginning of God. Just the world as we know it, because before the world was, he is. I'm gonna say that again. Before the world was, he is. Our mind cannot conceive the eternal nature of our God. He is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He's not bound by time. He's not bound by politics. He's not bound by doctor's report. His supply isn't altered by the forecast of economists. He is God. And watch this. Watch this. If our God has nothing to work with, it's okay because my God is good at making something out of nothing. It doesn't matter when the situation might be void and lifeless. My God can come on the scene and he can make something when there is nothing. When doctor's reports say nothing, he can make something. When marriage report says nothing, he can make something. When job reports say nothing, he can make something. Because he is the God who is able to come into the void and lifeless situations and make something out of nothing. A somebody out of nobody. It doesn't matter what people might have said about you, what people said you would succeed at or you wouldn't succeed at, the things you would live up to or you would never live up to. My God can make somebody out of nobody. How many of you are thankful that God has made something out of nothing for you? 
that God has created something when all the world said, no, it can't happen. It's impossible. Not here, not now. But God showed up on the scene. Is there anybody here that has seen God be faithful? My goodness. If there's nothing there, it's okay. Because guess what? When he speaks, all of creation, it has to respond. It has to. It can't stand it. There can be no vacuum. There can be no absence. When he speaks, things must fall into being. I don't know who's without life, without form, without void. I don't know what trial you may be facing this morning. But know this, when God speaks, all of the world must move. I love the picture of the world given at this moment. It's dark. The earth was without form. It was void. But guess what the Spirit of God's doing? It's hovering in the midst of it all. How many of you are thankful that our God, He ain't afraid of the dark. He's willing to go into the midst of the dark, the lifeless, the void situation. From the outset of God creation, God comes into the void and lifeless situation and he begins to create. Why? Because this is his character. It's his nature that God gets into the mess and starts creating. Philippians says he took upon himself the form of a servant and he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. What does this mean? He took on flesh. He entered into our world. He got into the mess that I made. He got into the mess that you made. He got into the mess that we made. And because God is good, he entered into the mess and he didn't leave it that way. He didn't leave it that way. He wasn't okay with it not being okay, but he provided a plan and a path. And I'm thankful that we serve a God who will get into the midst of our mess and wrap himself around us. When God created the world, he created everything good. There was complete and total perfection. Nothing was missing. Everything was remarkably glorious. But in the beginning in the garden, mankind chose creation over the creator. And Adam and Eve opened the door to sin and brokenness, ushering a physical and spiritual darkness and death into the world. And watch this. God could have easily hit reset at that point. There's only two people. From the outset of the world, how easy would it have been for him to hit reset? There's only two people. He could have acted out in wrath and wiped them off the face of the earth and restarted and recreated, but instead of God hitting reset, God chose to love mankind in spite of his brokenness. He provided a means of atonement through sacrifice. Yes, God requires retribution or payment and he would eventually pay the ultimate price himself in order to satisfy the righteous requirement that he demanded in the ultimate show of grace and mercy. But from the outset of the world, we see his grace. We see his mercy in the midst of a gross darkness, in the midst of a clouded sea. It doesn't matter if it's 2021 and we see darkness all around us. My God is the same God from creation to today and will enter into the darkness of the world and begin to create something good. And this is exactly where Noah found himself, living under a sea of unrighteousness. 
the earth destroyed because of the wickedness of mankind. But the God of in spite of gives hope and makes covenant. See, after the flooding of the earth and the destruction, the ark comes to rest on Mount Ararat and Noah and his family begin to disembark the ark. I guess that's the etymology of disembark, right? They get it from the ark. And uh, they, he, he gets off the ark with his family and unloads all of his supplies. You can imagine what it's like being on an ark for, for so long with a ton of animals and, and all of creation being destroyed at that point. And Noah, in one of his first acts, what does he do? He goes and he builds an altar to the Lord. And he took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered them as a burnt offering to the Lord. See, this is an incredible act of faith. Everything was wiped out. Everything destroyed. The earth reset. And what does Noah do? He takes from his livelihood. He takes from his limited supply. He doesn't take a tenth. He takes one-seventh, even greater of a proportion of all of the clean animals, and he sacrifices them back to God. Talk about faith. Noah was sacrificially generous with everything that God had given to him. See, it was in this offering of sacrifice that God finds great pleasure. Be sure of this. When you sacrifice to the Lord, Know that it gains heaven's attention. God found pleasure in the aroma that rose towards heaven. And church, your sacrificial generosity, it creates an aroma that heaven cannot resist. He sees your faith. He knows what you're doing. He sees you taking steps even when supply is limited and you don't know things are gonna come through. When you step out and you're sacrificial and you're generous, it creates an aroma that our God, he can't resist but to bless. And he blesses not just Noah, but all of creation from that point forward because of one man's step of faith. Thank you for a couple hallelujahs. After this sacrifice, God vowed never to destroy the earth again by flood and it wasn't just a vow to Noah but to all mankind, to all the animals, all the creation that God would not destroy. I'm thankful that we serve a God who doesn't desire the destruction of the world. Over and over, time after time, God has had the opportunity to destroy everything because of the wickedness, but he's relented of the disaster. Why? James 2.13 says, God's mercy triumphs over judgment. When we should have received justice, when we should have received judgment, when we should have received retribution for all the wrongs that we have had done, his mercy triumphs over judgment. How many of you are thankful that when God looked at you, he could have judged you, he could have called it over, he could have said that's it, but his mercy, it began to come over the balconies of heaven and it collided with your life and there was a miracle that was done in the midst because God's mercy triumphs over judgment. Judgment. I'm thankful for the grace and mercy of my God. 
See, instead of destruction, God promises seed time and harvest, fall, summer, winter, and spring. You know what this is telling me? That the promises of God, they're not based on the righteousness or the performance of man, but they're based upon the goodness of who he is. That it doesn't matter how inconsistent you or me may be. He is a constant. He is consistent in everything. His promises aren't based when I do good. His promises are yes and amen to me in Christ Jesus. Irregardless of our performance, we have a sure and steadfast anchor for our soul. So what does he do? What does he do with Noah? He gives Noah a sign to mark the covenant, the rainbow. I love this. The word in Hebrew is actually called war bow. W-A-R, like in battle, war. And God in a covenant of peace with all mankind takes his bow of wrath, his bow of war, and he hangs it up in the heavens in a display of grace and mercy for all the world to see. Listen, I don't know if that makes you excited, but when God hangs up a weapon of wrath and sets a rainbow, a war bow, in the heaven for all mankind to see an eternal promise that he's not gonna destroy us because of our wickedness, but he will provide a way of escape, that gives me something to sing about. That gives me something to rejoice about, that my God is loving and he is good. He sets this rainbow up on display for all of creation to see. And the rainbow, it only appears when a storm is looming. It only appears when a storm is on the horizon. God allows the sign of his covenant to appear when we often think that the storms of life will prevail. God allows his sign of his covenant to appear when we think that the storms of life are going to be the things that prevail. Listen to this. The only time you see the rainbow in scripture is with Noah in Genesis and then around God's glory and Jesus and Ezekiel and in Revelation. You know what this tells me? That the rainbow is a sign of God's presence. Get this. The rainbow is a sign or a semblance of God being present. And when does the rainbow appear? It appears in our storm. So what is God telling you? He's telling you, be assured that I'm here. I'm present in the midst of your storm. That I'm not far from you. I'm not removed. I haven't gone aloof, but I'm here. I'm here in the midst of your storm. This morning, the only thing we have to do is lift up our eyes and see church. We don't see the sign unless the heavens open up. We don't see the sign unless the clouds start to roll in. We don't see the sign unless the darkness becomes, begins to come. But I got news for you. The darker the clouds, the brighter the bow. I said the darker the clouds, the brighter the bow, baby. It doesn't matter how dark it may get. His presence is here to assure us. His rainbow is here to assure us that he is a sure and present help in the midst of my storm. It's God saying, I'm here with you. 
It's God saying, I'm here with you. Think of that the next time you enter into a storm, the next time you enter into a trial, the next time you enter into a tumultuous situation. God is saying, I'm here. I'm present with you. If the worship team would come to the stage, I love the picture of the rainbow. It touches, it, it comes from heaven, from God's throne. It's up there in the heavens and it, it comes, it touches on one end of the earth to the other end of the earth of the boat. And it's an extension of God's grace from heaven to earth. Notice it doesn't stop halfway down, meaning we can't get to it. But it stops on both sides of us, meaning that his goodness and his grace is accompanying us all around us. I'm thankful that his grace and his mercy and his covenant, it surrounds us. The eternal covenant extends from heaven to earth in the show of his grace and his mercy. And through his covenant and promises for mankind. This is the kind of God that we serve. This is the kind of God that we serve. Come on, I want us to just take a moment and I want us to thank him. I want us to thank him for all of his goodness. His goodness that knows no ends. His goodness that knows no bounds. His covenant, his promises that he makes with us. Come on, let's just take a moment and I want us to thank him. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your covenant. That your rainbow is a sign of your presence in the midst of our storms. In the midst of our tribulations, we thank, thank you that you are here. You're Emmanuel, God with us. You're not far off but you make yourself known. You make yourself known. Open our eyes. Open our eyes, Lord. Come on, just stand across this room. I'm thankful that you're in my storm, God. I'm thankful that you're in my storm. Thank you that you're with me. That you're a very present help in time of trouble. That we don't have to fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains melt into the heart of the sea. You're here with us, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. God's covenant, his promises, they're meant to move us. They're meant to motivate us. They're meant to instill hope within our lives. Not something that is distant, but something that is tangible. To defeat feelings of loneliness, inability, and the fear that the enemy would try to bring in. His promises are meant to give us peace when everything is chaotic and confusing around us. They're gifts of his grace to us meant to blow our minds and to settle our hearts. And though we could have never earned them, the reality is his promises are meant to leave us in an awe of him and in the wonder at the glory of his grace. you to think, close your eyes with me this morning and think of the eternal 
infinite magnificence of our God. That tens of thousands of angels, myriads upon myriads, they bow down in reverence and worship and extreme holiness and humility, a posture before Him, the extreme magnificence of who our God is, yet He still loves us in spite of our brokenness. Picture that. The magnitude of who our God is. Yet he's still mindful of us. What is man? What am I? That he would be mindful of me. And make promise and covenant with me this morning. Sir, I don't know where you've been. I don't know the things that you've been walking through. God does. Ma'am, I know the struggles of life. The storms of life, they're difficult. We go through them all. God wants to assure you, He is here. He is for you this morning. And if you're in need of His love, His grace, His mercy, He's opening up His arms for you today. It doesn't have to wait. It doesn't have to wait. He's offered a path through Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way truth and the life. You don't have to keep looking. He's here for you today. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning in need of this grace, mercy, saving out of the darkness of the situation that you're in and to be brought into the glorious light of who He is. You've tried it your own way for far too long and it keeps leaving you void without form, dark, and confused. Jesus wants you to surrender to you, surrender to him today. He's calling. If that's you, you're here this morning. I want you to slip up your hand. I want you to slip up your hand. He's here for you. Amen, amen. Many hands, any other? Any other hands? Yeah, he's here this morning. He's for you. He loves you. He gave every bit of his son to give you access to who he is. He wants to call you home this morning. Hey, I'm gonna ask you to do something. If you slipped up a hand this morning, I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come and meet me in the altar this morning. Come on. There are hands that went up all across this room. God is gracious. He's merciful. He's here for you. Come on. He wants to meet you here this morning and we wanna pray with you. We wanna pray with you. Come on, step out of the seats from the balconies. There were hands that went up. We wanna pray with you this morning to see God bring that transformation, that healing into your life that you are waiting for. Come on, come on, let's celebrate those who are coming right now. All of heaven celebrates when one comes, amen. Maybe you're here in You've been battling some storms in life. You've been battling some situations, some struggles, and some trials. He's here to be the sign this morning in the midst of your storm. And if, if you just need somebody to, uh, 
agree with you in prayer, believe with you to help lift up your arms in the midst of your storm. I want you to come down to the altar this morning. These altars are open and we want to pray with you and agree with you and see God show himself incredible in your life. So as they're going to sing a song for us in just a moment, I want you to begin to come to the altar. We want to pray with you. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe it's a mental or emotional healing that you need. God is here to heal you, to restore you, to change that situation and to turn it around. So just come to the altar this morning and begin to receive. Come on. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Great is your Still in your hands, this is my confidence, you've never failed, your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness, I'm still in your hands, this is my you're still enough so keep me within your love my heart will sing your praise again we'll sing it again declare the night won't last I know the night won't last sing this out this morning word will come
serve a God of covenant. Amen. I'm excited over these next few weeks as we get ready to build up to Easter. It's only four weeks away. Guess what? Your lost loved ones, family, friends, they'll be here if you ask them. Start asking them. Start inviting. Start talking to them. Start getting them ready because God is going to show up and show out on Easter. I can promise you Get them here. It's going to be an incredible, incredible time. Four weeks out. But I'm thankful for every promise and covenant of our God. His promise that stands for us today. If you would, slip up your hands. Numbers chapter 6. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of God. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of God and I will bless them. How many of you are thankful for the blessing of our God? I'm thankful thankful. If you're watching online today, God loves you. He gave himself up for you. If you surrendered your life to the Lord, there's a number for you. They'll put it up on the screen as well behind me today. Um, For all of those who are in connections, don't forget about the luncheon across the street for all of those that serve in connections. It's not for all volunteers, just connection based um, this morning, right across the street after the service. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the promises of God that all of them find their yes in you. So, Father, we just decree and declare a new season across your people. We thank you that you're not mad, you're not angry, but you're madly in love with us this morning. So, Father, we rejoice in that covenant. Father, I pray that we would walk in your blessing, walk in the promises, not bound to fear, not bound to slavery, not bound to the things of the past, but, Father, moving forward in Christ Jesus. We give you all the praise, the honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.